Space. Some regions are vast and empty. Other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One racing. My name is Mark Daly and I'm welcoming you to the very last show of, well, not the year, but the first half of this uh, very enjoyable Formula One season. Well, guys, I'm actually very, very happy that it is the, uh, the, the summer break here. Here on the west coast of Canada, specifically Vancouver, where I'm at, the weather has been very hot, very summer-like over the past several days or a week or so, and it's uh, just starting to break now and get a little bit cooler, but it's been in the the low to mid-30s, that's about the mid-90s for my American friends who are used to Fahrenheit, of course. And uh, that's a little bit warmer than we usually get here, and it's been humid as well. So I'm just kind of looking forward to taking a break from everything. Got a bit of time coming off, going to be able to to relax and spend some time around the the, the house here uh, at the beginning of next week. And looking forward to that. It looks like the temperature should be a little bit more comfortable. But things certainly are heating up in the Formula One World Championship. We saw again uh, this past weekend, uh, Sebastian Vettel not really getting things to go his way. And uh, the, the momentum in the World Championship has definitely swung in Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton's favor over the course of, well, basically a week. I think uh, since uh, we went to, to Germany at Hockenheim just uh, about 10 days ago, I think that uh, combined between the Hungarian and German Grand Prix, I think that uh, Sebastian Vettel has dropped something like 32 points to his uh, rival, Lewis Hamilton. And well, <laughs> I think if you're Sebastian Vettel, I think that uh, the, 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 the break in the Formula One World Championship has come at a very opportune and timely moment. I think that uh, I think a lot of guys are probably looking forward to, to getting away for a couple of weeks. And I think if you're, you're Ferrari, and I think especially if you're Sebastian Vettel, you're going to look at that uh, time just to uh, regroup and maybe get uh, get your head back on your shoulders, if you want to call it that, and just uh, get ready for what could be a very epic and impressive and hopefully enjoyable and close finish to the Formula One World uh, World Championship this year. It's uh, still wide open. I know Lewis has something like a 24-point advantage over Vettel in the Drivers' Championship right now. The the Constructors' Championship is a little bit closer. Uh, Mercedes is back on top. But considering what we've seen through the first half of the season... Well, we've seen that basically anything can happen on any given Sunday, and hopefully we see that uh, continuing throughout the second half of the year. 
So let's talk about the Grand Prix itself. Hamilton did take his fifth win of the season after beating Vettel and his teammate Valtteri Bottas. It wasn't even really close, uh, to, to be quite honest. Hungary is one of those tracks that if you can get out front, you can stay out front. Although I think it's kind of interesting that I was uh, under the impression that uh, if you had pole position there, that uh, you were almost guaranteed a victory. But that stat, I don't remember right off the top of my head, but it isn't really as skewed in much of uh, the, the favor of the pole sitter as uh, as I had previously thought. Uh, but uh, definitely Hamilton uh, did have the, uh, the, the benefit of uh, clinching pole in what was a bit of a bizarre qualifying session on Saturday, what with the, uh, the, the rain coming down halfway through and really turning the grid on top of its head. Because, uh, well, if you look at the, uh, the starting grid for the race, uh, it was really all over the place. <laughs> I mean, you had uh, another Mercedes front lo- row lockout with uh, Hamilton on pole and Bottas uh, starting in second, then Raikkonen and then Vettel, Vettel starting in fourth position on row two, a little bit uh, further back. But I mean, he was uh, not quite a second behind Lewis Hamilton. Lewis uh, had a time of 135.658. Vettel posted a 136.210. And uh, well, he was so split almost evenly by uh, a pair of Finns, Botas and Raikkonen in between, but uh, he did uh, very well despite the challenges. And uh, well, let's uh, face it, maybe not the best pit strategy uh, that uh, that uh, Ferrari could have come up with in that, that race. And of course, uh, well, a couple of botched pit stop for the, the the boys from Marinello. Neither Kimi Raikkonen or Sebastian Vettel had the quickest stops uh, when they went in to, to change tires on Sunday. And that uh, obviously played into the hands of uh, Mercedes. And uh, well, talk about uh, <laughs> a track that you don't want to get stuck behind another car, especially one that uh, is close into performance as, uh, as the one that you have. It is a very, very difficult, <laughs> difficult place to pass at the Hangaro ring. Anyways, it was really uh, that, uh, like I say, it was that moment uh, late in the race uh, when uh, Sebastian Vettel, who started on the the harder compound soft tires when everybody else in the, uh, well, the front runners anyways, had uh, opted for the ultra softs. And I really expected uh, Sebastian Vettel to stay out a lot longer than he did. I think that uh, the, uh, the the forecast was him to come in at about lap 40 at the earliest. And I think he really came in uh, about as close as to that uh, that time as he did, perhaps even a lap earlier. I guess that uh, really didn't feel like there was anything to, to be gained. And just what uh, with the where the other cars were on the tracks, uh, you know, if he was going to be dropping off in performance while the other cars behind him still had fresher tires, I guess Ferrari felt like they it was the, the perfect time to bring him in. However, like I say, they did have problems getting that left front tire on. And, well, Vettel just ended up getting stuck behind Valtteri Bottas, who with the uh, degrading tires got slower and slower and slower. And then eventually Bottas, uh, well, he I don't know if he was uh, purposely uh, slowing up uh, Sebastian Vettel. He definitely wasn't as quick while as uh, Lewis Hamilton, uh, I believe by my uh, uh, observations during the race and the timing, was lapping about a second to a second and a half quicker which is about the same time that uh, Vettel felt he could uh, well he could increase his lap times by if he could get around Botas and uh, indeed uh, he was uh, slowed up enough that uh, even his teammate Kimi Raikkonen uh, did actually end up uh, catching up the, the the pair of them and it wasn't until lap 66 very close to the end of the race that uh, Vettel was finally able to get around Botas who just didn't have any grip in his tires and then uh, Botas slid in the back of, um, of uh, Vettel in turn two just he had too much to well 
the tires had had degraded to the point where he had no grip left, uh, basically. And uh, Vettel, uh, well, turned into the corner. I think that uh, Botas took a little bit of a tight line. And I think that was fair that even though that the the stewards decided that they were going to investigate the incident, I think it was a racing incident. Uh, Vettel obviously was uh, fortunate that uh, he didn't uh, suffer a puncture or any damage on his own car. Botas, of course, uh, ended up with a a damaged front wing and uh, limped around uh, for quite a bit there and well i i didn't see any malice in in that uh the maneuver from either of those drivers i think both of them had uh picked their lines and i think that uh botas just of course like i say didn't have the grip and uh well the tomb came together and this time it favored uh, ferrari although it was interesting a couple of laps later when uh when botas who was really struggling by this point had now dropped down to fourth place after being passed by the the two ferraris was subsequently, uh, uh, sorry, down in fourth place. He was uh, caught up by uh, Daniel Ricardo, who had a very good afternoon considering that he struggled mightily during qualifying and started well down on the grid. I think it was, what, what 12th position for Danny Ricardo, And uh, he really scythed his way through the pack on uh, on Saturday, making a, a, a number of very good uh, overtaking maneuvers to, to get up uh, into the top uh, uh, group of cars there. And like we've seen, uh, well, several times throughout the season so far, I mean, I look back to France about a month ago when uh, Vettel and uh, Botas again clashing on the opening lap, not at the end of the race uh, in that occasion. Uh, Vettel obviously didn't have any damage compared to to Botas and he really flew through the pack. But uh, by the time he cleared everybody that wasn't driving a Mercedes, a Ferrari or Red Bull, then the lap times uh, were, well, pretty much evened out. And then it was very difficult to really close the the, the gap to anybody in, in front of them. But uh, Ricardo really kept going after his teammate Max Verstappen had his own problems. More on that in a moment. Uh, well, he did try uh, to, to get around Botas and then managed to get around him going into turn two. And then uh, Botas uh, just by this time, I think <laughs> all the grip. If it wasn't there when the incident that he had with uh, Vettel definitely wasn't there by the time he uh, had his incident with uh, with uh, Daniel Ricardo, and then the stewards decided after the race to to penalize him uh, ten seconds. You know, fair enough. I think that the indications uh, were there. Obviously, after he tangled with Seb, and I think that uh, Botas should have been a little bit more uh, aware of the situation that his car was in, and that he just wasn't going to be able to outbreak himself for Danny Ricardo, who was famous for being able to outbreak anybody it seems in formula one and i thought that was uh it, it was uncharacteristic from botas we don't really see him make uh lapses or or questionable uh, decisions like that the 10 seconds i thought was uh was fair enough maybe a little bit harsh maybe five would have been uh, a little bit more appropriate but i did think that the the the, the the two uh, penalty points on his license, I thought was, uh, I, I didn't think that was uh, justified. I thought that was a little bit too harsh. I don't think that there was uh, any real malice in in what uh, what uh, what Botas was doing. And I thought it was just a, an unnecessary penalty uh, for him. I mean, the, the 10 seconds, fair enough. It dropped him down, but he was still, I think, 20 or 25 seconds ahead of Pierre Gasly, who was in six. So it wasn't like he was going to lose that position. And I thought that uh, the two penalty points was just adding a little bit bit of uh, insults to injury. But yeah, what uh, what an interesting race that the uh, the, the Red Bull boys had. Obviously, uh, Danny Ricardo well, I mean, credit to him. A very, very impressive drive to get from 12th all the way up to 5th and get some points out of that race uh, on a notoriously difficult uh, track to pass on, so very good for him. But Max Verstappen 
Wow. <laughs> Did you guys hear that on race radio? Max really letting loose and really tearing a strip off of uh, Renault. He retired on uh, on the on the fifth lap and uh, just the, well, I mean, you couldn't really hear a lot of what Max said on the radio because it was all basically bleeped and censored out because it was uh, just that uh, profane. Uh, Max cursing it up and, uh, well, I could uh, read part of it. It says, uh, can I not just go ahead? I don't effing care if this engine blows up. And when he was told to, to stop by his race engineer Verstappen really uh, let loose when he pulled over under the grass and said what an effing joke all the effing time with this SH1T honestly and well yeah I mean you can't under you can't blame Max I mean he was obviously very frustrated and very upset and then uh, uh sorry uh, uh Christian Horner team principal at Red Bull uh, Racing who often chimes in from the pit wall on the Sky Sports broadcast uh told uh, uh David Croft and uh, Martin Brundle and uh, he said quote we pay millions for state-of-the-art products and you can see quite clearly that is something way beneath that it's frustrating but we still have Danny Ricardo in the race I'll let uh Cyril come up with the excuses uh, afterwards. And of course, that's the the, the reference to uh, Renault's F1 boss, uh, Cyril Atabul. And well, obviously Red Bull are not pleased with uh, what they're getting from Red Bull, or sorry, from Renault. And uh, that relationship is well and t- uh, truly done. A beat bull said after the race that, uh, that, well, basically Renault stopped listening to Horner years ago. And uh, well, he I mean, I think he was very classy in his response and uh, didn't really have much to add. Uh, and he said, quote, our bosses have stopped reading what Christian Horner is saying about us since 2015. It is very clear that we don't want to have any dealings with them anymore. It is very clearly done. They will have their engine partner that will be paying a hell of a lot of money to get their product on board. And I wish them good luck. I have nothing else to say. Well, I guess that, uh, well, if, uh, if Renault and Red Bull were an F1 power couple at one time, and obviously they were, I mean, they were dominant when uh, they were both at uh, their, their peak, uh, winning uh, races and world championships and uh, drivers championships. And it's honestly, it's been a very horrible breakup uh, between the two. It's uh, become very toxic. And uh, Red Bull have been, well, Horner especially has been very critical of the, uh, of the French uh, manufacturer since uh, the, the start of the hybrid turbo engine era back in 2014 and Renault just has never really been able to produce anything close to what uh, Ferrari and Mercedes are doing and uh, well I think if you're a Red Bull and Verstappen and Ricardo who have had no no problems or no shortage of problems I should say uh, over the past uh, several weeks and months and races and years for that uh, that fact are probably well and truly looking forward to 2015 sorry 2018 my good Goodness. I really need my, my summer break here as well, guys. <laughs> but like I was going to say that uh, Red Bull and the drivers, I think they're well and truly looking forward to getting those Honda power units in the back of their cars for next year as well. And uh, well, Ricardo, again, he had a, a bit of a difficult uh, no qualifying, like I said. And uh, he said that uh, even though he's got uh, got to stick around for testing and hungry this week, he is uh, well and truly looking forward to getting away from the car. He needs some time off. And he said uh, he's, he's growing frustrated with the problems that they've been ha- having. And uh, he said it's a, quote, 
healthy for me to have some time off. And uh, Max Verstappen, I think he probably needs a little bit of uh, time off as well. Although uh, you know, he did backtrack on his comments uh, after the Grand Prix on Monday. He backed uh, backed off and, and said that uh, he went a little bit uh, too far, shouldn't have used the language uh, that he did, and uh, apologized uh, for, for his rant. But you know what? I, I don't really mind so much. Uh, Formula One and sport in general is all about passion. It's all about emotion. And uh, Max, obviously, very frustrated. I mean, he, last year he had a tough year and had a lot of things go wrong that weren't necessarily his fault. Obviously, Max has had his problems, at least through the first quarter, if not the first third of the season so far. In the past several races, he's been able to get it turned around because these were more things that were his problem. Crashing into guys, crashing or driving off of the track, driving into the wall of Monaco. Those were all things that were controllable by Max Verstappen. So uh, to credit to, to Max, he has turned it around over the past uh, several races. He's had some podiums. He's had some good results. He's had some good races. But uh, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the way that uh, that he ranted. And I don't necessarily see the need or saw the need that he had to come out and apologize for what he said. Uh, I talk to professional footballers all the time in the, the, the course of uh, my the other work that I do, not obviously on this podcast. Obviously, this is not about football. This is all about soccer or sorry, soccer and uh, and Formula One are not uh, the, the same thing. But it is refreshing to see some of these guys that are very polished on the media side of things to really uh, you know speak up and say what's on their mind rather than what might be the the, the politically correct answer. So for me, I don't really mind. Max gets a pass from me, but that's okay. Anyways, time for a very quick break. We'll be back on the other side to talk about some other news in Formula One, including that uh, Bob Bell has stepped down as his role from Chief Technical Officer at Renault. And there are some issues with the apparent sale or the future of uh, Force India. Don't go away. We'll be right back. All right. Well, just uh, getting back and uh, talking a little bit more about what we were talk- discussing before the break. And I just mentioned uh, beef- uh, briefly that uh, Chief Technical Officer at Renault, Bob Bell, has decided to step down. He'll take on an advisory role at the team. And it's basically his desire to take a big step back from the frontline work uh, work in uh, Formula One. Bell joined Renault in 2016 after he had a very brief spell at Manor Racing, of course, uh, now defunct. And uh, before that, he had four years at uh, Mercedes between 20. 2010 and 2014. He was the most senior member of the Renault technical team overseeing both the engine department and the chassis side, but will now take responsibility for developing technical collaborations between the team and third parties. Anyways, I just also wanted to quickly circle back uh, just a, a couple of things. I wanted to finish off that thought uh, just uh, quickly about Sebastian Vettel and uh, and uh, Valtteri Bottas. I was just talking about uh, briefly how I thought that uh, maybe the penalty for Bottas was a little bit harsh, especially the uh, the, the points on a super license for the crash they had with uh, with Danny Ricardo. But Vettel didn't actually uh, blame uh, Bottas for uh, for the collision that they had, and uh, he he basically saw it as a racing incident as well. And uh, he said that he got hit. For from behind and there was nowhere to go when you're so close it was difficult for for Botas he had uh, didn't have any grip and it was difficult to, to stop the car so he he, he just uh, saw it as uh, Botas locking up and hitting him and uh, that's just the way it goes and uh, I, I think that it was the right thing to do not to, to penalize either of those drivers I think that uh, if you're going to blame one you could blame both of them and w- what's really the point I mean I, I think that at this point it's very good to see that uh, Ferrari and Mercedes are basically on the same uh, level as uh, as each other 
And I, I think we want to see these guys fighting for it, be it Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel or Vettel and Botas, Raikkonen and Botas of Raikkonen and Lewis Hamilton, whoever. I think uh, it's exciting. I think it adds something uh, to Formula One as long as it doesn't get out of hand. I, I think that uh, that uh, Vettel was rightly punished for what he did at uh, at the French Grand Prix when he collided uh, with Botas. But this time, I think it was a, a lot less. Uh, I, I think it was a lot less say, uh, to, to one uh, driver or the other. And I think if you balance it out as a racing incident uh, between two drivers, that is the uh, the, the right way to go. And uh, Toto Wolf took a little bit of heat after the race, and uh, he made a comment uh, that uh, <laughs> that Bodas was a sensational wingman to Lewis Hamilton. And uh, he, uh, he uh, got a little bit defensive afterwards, saying that it was uh, taken out of context. And it was one of these things that he said that if it was not being discussed directly face-to-face, and could be spun out of control in the in the wrong way, and I think that uh, initially uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, took some exception to that and was uh, somewhat ticked off uh, to hear that uh, when uh, when uh, uh, Total Wolf had uh, described his performance at the uh, at the Hungarian Grand Prix last week, and well, you can understand why, but. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton, four-time world champion, and even though uh, Mercedes officially don't have uh, a number one and a number two driver, I mean, in, in reality, it's it's pretty obvious that uh, that Lewis Hamilton is the top dog. He's also the uh, the alpha dog, if you want to call it, uh, in, in that team. And we've seen how it's gone before when another driver comes in and and really pushes Lewis and uh, gets uh, equally as, uh, as aggressive. And we saw that with, uh, with Nico Rosberg over the years. Uh, Rosberg, of course, uh, winning the world championship in 2016, but that was a toxic, toxic uh, relationship uh, between the two. Obviously, I think that uh, that Botas is there. I, I, he's there. To- Excuse me to to win races if he can, but I think he is uh, very obviously the 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 number two driver. If not on paper, then I, I think it's pretty obvious to to everybody around the Formula One world and the, and the fans uh, around the world as well. But I don't think uh, anybody really wants to see him labeled as much because I think that is a little bit demeaning and uh, and and belittling. But I think that uh, Wolf does raise a good point that he he did basically have a superb race. If you are the Mercedes team, it, it couldn't have gone any better. What with the Ferrari botching that uh, pit stop of, uh, of Vettel's and uh, not being able to get him out in front of Botas made it very difficult. And then uh, you know Botas didn't really have to to go exceptionally fast did he <laughs> it was uh it was more of uh forcing uh, ferrari to make the move and and make vettel get around him uh, if he was going to try and catch up to lewis hamilton maybe he could have maybe he couldn't have but uh, just the way that that gap uh, grew and grew and grew and uh eventually by the time that uh, that vettel did pass him there were only a couple of several laps left in the race and barring some unlikely mechanical failure although we have seen it uh, in recent times for for mercedes obviously in uh, in, in austria that uh, there was no way that sebastian vettel was going to catch uh, lewis hamilton but i think that what he did is what i think that maybe ferrari expects to see more of from uh, from kimi raikkonen right in a time, I think he leaves a little bit to, to be desired uh, as a teammate. As uh, as well, I don't. I'm not going to use the word, word uh, wingman because, like I say, I think it is a little bit uh, degrading. I mean, the, both those teams, uh, Ferrari and Mercedes, I think it's pretty obvious who the top guy is. But I think that uh, uh, Raikkonen at times doesn't push the Mercedes boys as uh, as well as he could, or maybe run an interference as well as he could if he gets uh, between Vettel and uh, one of the Silver Arrows. But 
on a, on a related note and perhaps uh, on a bit of a tangent, I, I've started to change my mind uh, a little bit. Uh, I've been saying for a while or thinking uh, ever since those uh, reports of coming out that uh, Raikkonen will be dropped at the end of the year at Maranello to make room for Charles Leclerc, who's also had a couple of tough races the, the, the past two weeks in Germany and Hungary and probably another one of those guys that's uh, looking forward to, to the summer break. Anyways, I think that uh, perhaps maybe the the way that things have gone, that uh, that it wouldn't be a bad idea to give uh, Kimi one more year, give him another one year deal at Ferrari, keep Charles in the Sauber for one more year. I mean, heck, he's still uh, just a, a young guy, only about twenty years old. Give him another year to develop. Uh, Sauber is obviously a better team than they have been uh, over the past uh, several years, and I think that uh, might be a situation that uh, works out. But hey, now that I've said that, we could see completely the opposite thing happen. And we could see, uh, well, what I just said, I wouldn't uh, want to see. See uh, Raikkonen get dropped and uh, Leclerc in the Ferrari for next year. That's probably going to become a reality just because I've come out and uh, and said uh, the opposite. So we'll just have to, to wait and see uh, what happens. Uh, but just talking a little bit now about uh, other things in uh, in Formula One, uh, there was uh, the the rumor last week uh, floating around that uh, Lance Stroll's da- dad, Lawrence, who is a, a billionaire and a very successful uh, businessman, was uh, rumored to be interested in uh, buying Force India. And uh, it came out just before the Grand Prix that uh, the Force India has uh, entered into uh, administration, and uh, that was triggered by a move uh, by uh, Sergio Perez, uh, who was one of the creditors uh, of the team, and uh, he was uh, backed by uh, Mercedes, who are the obviously Force India's engine supplier and their main spo- sponsor, BWT. And well, it, it, there there was this, I think some uh, initially some uh, negative backlash, but uh, Perez did clarify and uh, did make some posts on uh, social media saying that he basically stepped in because uh, there were other uh, creditors looking to step in and basically looking to, to have the, the the team wound up and shut down. So uh, Perez being, I guess, the, the ultimate team guy decided to uh, step in as one of the, uh, the, the the team's creditors and try and steer it in the way of administration where uh, the, the the team is, uh, the business affairs are being handled by a third party and uh, which gives them uh, time to get things uh, sorted out and uh, make it more attractive uh, for a new buyer of which they're reportedly three legit parties that uh, that are looking at uh, wanting to buy the team and who knows if Lauren Stroll is one of them uh, it'll just uh, have to, to, to come out uh, I, I think what was being said over the weekend is that they expect to have some news one way or another by uh, the, the, the time the summer break is over so in about three and a half weeks from now about the time that uh, we all go to Belgium and, uh, and uh, maybe that'll get uh, set off or sorted out by then but the the other reason was it uh, to get it the the team into administration is to basically kickstart the process of a of an ownership change. Uh, the owner VJ Malaya is currently. Well, he's he's got problems, and <laughs> he's fighting a, an extradition attempt by the Indian government uh, to get him uh, out of Britain back to India to face charges of fraud, which he adamantly uh, denies. But uh, that's obviously taken a toll, and you, you can tell this year that uh, Force India has hasn't been as strong as they have been in the the past couple of years, and it's been a, a bit disappointing and disheartening to see them drop back that uh, the the way that they have done after they've had some uh, very decent seasons over the past uh, several years so hopefully they they get it to sort out but there are of course being formula one all sorts of different uh, twists and turns just in the uh, the well uh 
regulations. I'm not even sure what to call it. Uh, just the, the 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 racing side of it, and uh, of course the the, the any new owners uh, would have to take over the team and the the debts and and all those sorts of things. But uh, any potential new owner owners will want to ensure that the the team is entitled to keep their share of uh, Formula One's prize money, and they've uh, accumulated quite a bit over the past couple of years uh, when they finished uh, fourth in the World Championship in the past two years, uh, which is a, a pretty good accomplishment for a team that's I think is a classic example of it. It's not how much you spend, but how you spend it. I think that uh, they they clearly have been able to punch above their weight in the past several years, while not having the the the, the most abundant of uh, financial resources at their disposal, but have still been able to uh, put a decent car on the track and uh, be uh, quite. Uh, uh, well, I think they're quite ingenious at times in the way that they've been, been able to, to do that. But uh, the, the catch with the prize money is that uh, under the change of ownership, unless all the uh, uh, under a unanimous uh, agreement from all the, the, the rival teams, so nine other teams uh, on the grid around the Formula One paddock would have to, uh, to agree to all of that. So uh, that could be a little bit tricky. And Formula One's managing director of motorsport, Ross Braun, uh, said that uh, they're trying to do everything that they can to ensure that uh, Force India stays open and that uh, 400 plus people do not lose their jobs and that they can uh, keep afloat and uh, and keep going for 2019 and beyond. And well, let's certainly hope uh, that that's uh, the case. It would be very, very disappointing to see them having to, to close their doors. But uh, it came out uh, earlier today that uh, the, the sale plans are being compromised by rival teams, uh, specifically that McLaren, Renault and Williams uh, decided not to sign an agreement that was really being pushed around by F1 CEO Chase Carey at the, the Hungarian Grand Prix last week. So that's a, a bit disappointing to hear, but uh, perhaps maybe not all that uh, surprising considering that uh, Formula One is somewhat political and uh, kind of uh, tricky to get that all sorted out. So we'll wait and see. And uh, hopefully in uh, in three weeks' time, we'll have uh, more news. But uh, until then, we are going to leave it at that. It's uh, time to wrap it up. And uh, hopefully we will uh, see, like I say, an exciting finish to the Formula One uh, World Championship when the second half of the year kicks off at the end of August. And until then, thank you all very much for your support, for sticking with the show and helping us grow this year, this year in the first half of the year. It's been a lot of fun, and we look forward to coming back in a couple of weeks and finishing it off. And until then, I wish you all a very enjoyable summer, and we'll catch you again very, very soon. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, SportsPodcastingNetwork.com.
Space. Some regions are vast and empty. Other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from?